And just a disclaimer, we are not doctors. Information shared in this podcast is not meant as medical advice. We do not intend to diagnose, treat, or cure. We intend to delineate knowledge for educational purposes only. Hey there. Welcome to the Native Trees and a Bag of Weeds podcast. Hi. We are here. And so is whatever that was. That was something. Don't know what it was. It was something. Well, it came off my desk and I can't tell you what it was. Where, I don't know where it come from. Nope. Oh, I know it's, what it was. What was it? It was Melon Nutmeg Grinder that was sitting right there. Oh, 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 oh. okay. We'll get it. We'll get it. All right. So... Uh, Anywho, <laughs> it seems like it's been about four years since we've recorded a podcast. It's been a long week. It has like been it just, a long week. Yeah, just, I was thinking that earlier. I was I'm like, like, man, it feels like we ain't recorded in forever. I was feeling like I was forgetting to make a uh, graphic. Yeah, to post well, I, on Instagram, and I've I was like, s- I have missed an episode. Well, I've been so to on post it about that it post. I mean, I was able to record Sunday night and post Monday morning. Like I've got my routine down where we can pump them out a lot quicker where it was recorded and then try to find time and stuff yeah and then that just made it's been yeah it's It's been been a while week yeah it's been a minute so this long week how was your week did you have a big one it was so busy at work i think the full moon had a delayed effect are you trying to record tiktok what's happening here no i was pulling up something on my phone to look at while you were talking like related to the podcast i know but it was noisy yeah, my TikTok was already open. I was just looking at something. Anyway, it was like a delayed full moon effect, like Thursday and Friday. Collectively, as a triage nurse, I saw 27 patients. Nice. In labor and delivery. <laughs> there are 27 people's information in my head just from two days. And these people have people inside of them. Yeah. That is 54 human beings. You're responsible for Lives. Touched my hands today. Not today. This week. (laughs) It was bonkers. It was so crazy. It was so much. I was so exhausted. Yeah. But we've had a good last couple days. Yeah. Yesterday was a full day of football. Wrapped that up. Today was just kind of hanging around and... Yeah. Hung out with my folks for supper and great supper. I could eat more of those. We beans. hung out with friends and partied last night, so I'm drinking like a detox dandelion tea today. Yeah, yeah because uh, I think most of my meals leading up to our big dinner tonight was uh, pumpkin spice cookies <laughs> and pizza. <laughs> yeah, leftover from the party last night. <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, uh, it's been a big long week. Wrapped up football yesterday, which opens my agenda um after work these days to um i made progress on the greenhouse today so we can get the plants moved in before temperatures drop to 34 degrees this week Yep, highs in the 60s it's gonna be so lovely so crazy um but as far as uh plant related news um found boo coodles of elderberry um suckers coming off of a old elderberry stump yeah i saw and your i've already i've already taken because i was able i went to pull up one little baby one i'm like let me pull this one up and just mm-hmm. put it in a pot and we can use it around the house 
Well, then this like bajillion foot long tapering came with it that was bigger around than my thumb. So I'm like, hey, and there's tons of that root down there that I can just cut up into cuttings and just stick them and we'll have elderberry trees out the yazoo. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, So we will utilize what we need and we will also... we're buying cuttings off Amazon for me. Yeah, so we'll be adding a bunch to Jared Wade Nativescapes in the spring. So I'm looking forward to having that as a viable option. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. I'll definitely edit that weird noise out. Okay, yeah, that, I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. Um, yeah. But I've been so excited about this podcast just because I know... Yeah, this is maybe also why it seemed like such a long week is you also already I was, have had your I notes I was prepared done. all week. Yeah. And that's all I've heard is, oh, you'll never guess what I'm doing. You're going to be so excited about what I'm doing for a podcast. I'm only so excited. And I've been listening to that since you finished your notes on Tuesday yeah. while I was I, I've work. only been so excited because I know that you're going to be excited about it. And it makes me happy. Oh. But that being said, this will likely be a two-parter, not back-to-back. But I will do my thing. But this will also be something that I'm sure you will dive into with your smart prowess. Oh, yeah? Um, At some point in the future, too. Is it a medicinal tree? Well, of course, most all of them, but like two I've talked about have been. Well, yeah, but um, oh so, man, absolutely. The way I had my weeks planned out, you know, I think somehow we. I'm so confused. No, there are five episodes this month and not four, mm, and I that's only fine. planned I got four. I know, but the the herb, the plant I was planning to do next week was supposed to be my like halloween episode well you just have to push it back a week i know so now i have to find another one i wasn't i'm not prepared to that's actually fine because i i had so many to choose from over the next couple weeks sorry i just got really anxious realizing that i'm gonna need to find another spooky herb don't be anxious i am don't be i am an anxious person just make it stop that's all you gotta do okay i just have to quit being anxious (laughs) Got no, it. I got. I'll I send you some ideas. More. I'll send you some ideas. I'll send you some ideas because I I found a nice nifty list of <laughs> trees, um, in one blog that I just been able to kind of go off of and find yeah. new tidbits on. I know, but trees aren't really my thing. Like it felt really. I know, weird but there's some doing... other plants in there as well. Yeah. I mean, it's actually the website that I talked about last week. I actually put in the show notes the link to thedruidsgarden.com, and they're. They're not a sponsor by any means. I don't even know who they are. But I found it. And they tackle plants from like a growing for food angle, like homesteading, and also the medicinal angle, and also like historical, traditional lore and stuff. Like in different yeah. sets. It's like, it's an all-encompassing website. It's That's cool. awesome. Yeah. So I've, I've been stuck really on it. Really perfect it, for us. Yeah. And it gave me a nice comprehensive, they had a whole series on uh, like... Folklore, yeah. native trees, and then get, dive into like the North American significance of them. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. So I've been basing, I've been using that to bounce into my ideas, and then gathering info yeah. from much more places. And this week I had, I knew what I was doing going into the week, and I had a little bit of free time like Tuesday, so I just went ahead and dove into it. Um, so I'm excited about that. But that said, I'm gonna let you go first. Really? This time? Yeah, I think this time <laughs> we're going to switch it up and you're going to go first. <laughs> right. And I don't have any educated guesses other than that it preserves sausage. 
Yes, I did make a reference to it at supper that it preserves sausage. But it ain't you don't rosemary want to take any because you've already done rosemary. I've already done rosemary. Um, so very, very similar to rosemary. Like very similar to rosemary. Pine straw. Not in shape, in <laughs> constituent. Yeah, like I'm going to know that off the top of my head. Like, Not uh, going to lie. I would not have like thought that they were similar until I studied them. I'm, I'm, when you said sausage preserving, I was like, rosemary was first. And like, there's not a lot of rosemary in sausage, typically, right. unless you get like very... It specific. is a very good meat preservative, but though. But that flavor, or mm-hmm. that, that's kind of the where my brain went. I'll give you a hint. You have mentioned this herb already. Probably. That did not help. <laughs> at all. Um, is it native to the U.S.? There is a native variety, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, how big does it get? Not very big. Not very big, like hand-sized? No, I mean, uh, it, can, it's a, it can make a little shrub. Not okay. a very big shrub, but a little shrub. Um, does it... I'm sure it flowers at some point. It does. Does it produce anything other than the herb? No. So it don't, like, produce... No, you use the leaves. Berries or la-da-da-da. Huh. I am... I'm going through the list of KFC's herbs and spices. <laughs> that actually might be beneficial. <laughs> I can't confirm that that's beneficial, but it, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think, actually, on Twitter, I think KFC only follows however many spices they got. It's like. They only follow one dude. No, there's they follow all the Spice Girls. Oh, that's right. And it makes up that number of herbs. Yeah. Everybody they follow is either named it's herb. It's only five, yeah. I thought it was seven. Dr. Pepper's the 13 flavors. No, that's 26. 26. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought, there were, I thought they only followed five, but I could be wrong. I don't yeah, eat no. KFC, so I don't know. I don't have Twitter, so. <laughs> Maybe we should. We have a podcast now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have time for Twitter. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm anyway, gonna... uh, just go ahead and I don't have any guesses. I'm... Oh, that's fine. So what we're talking about is in the mint family. I figured. Yeah. Most. (laughs) Along with most herbs. Um, Salvia officinalis. Uh, I was looking at some salvia today. Not this salvia. No, that was the scientific name, and I can't remember what the actual thing was. So I was, when I was at Lowe's browsing, Uh I actually came across this. I'm like, oh, yeah, scientific name, salvia. But I can't remember what I was actually freaking looking at. You might have been looking at sage. It was the, remember the plant? I was going to guess sage, but I'm like, surely that's not it yet. And I didn't think about sage being in sausage. <laughs> um, but remember when we used to, the old trailer, we had the Texas sage. Mm-hmm. And it's really pretty. I haven't done any research on like how native it is or how like crossbred yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't remember. But they had one. And I'm like, I should just get that just for old time's sake because we used to have we used to love that was mm-hmm. like our favorite little plant yeah and i, I remember, remember now texas age it was salvia something texas mm-hmm. was um yeah that yeah. all makes sense i didn't come now. across that in my research i'm gonna have to go throw that in there real quick uh later not right now okay no sage is actually native to the mediterranean mm-hmm. like what we know is like common sage yeah this uh salvia officinalis um but of course it's cultivated in herb gardens across the world well yeah um, and that's because its uses go back thousands of years, like all the other culinary herbs that we use. So now I'm getting to kind of tie in 
This is, of course, one of those culinary herbs that I would have covered in my little series. Yeah, now we're hitting but, both. But it's a little Halloweeny. Yeah. It's got a little spooky folklore thrown in It's got in a there little Halloweeny. Don't let it hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, side note, real quick, Salvia Texana is a native plant to North America. Is it is it sage like uh, legit sage? Yeah, yeah, it's in the salvia okay. family. It's salvia texana. Okay, cool. Yeah, Texas sage. Mm. I might go back and get that joker because it makes pretty little purple flowers. Yeah. Um. So there are five hundred species of sage. Mm-hmm. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me. Like that's not the native species that I knew that yeah, I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, it's not going to be like your main. Um. But that it doesn't surprise me that there are other native species of sage. They're just not. The one that I particularly oh, yeah. looked up. Um, so salvia comes from salvari, which means to cure. I probably said that wrong. Don't come at me. <laughs> means to cure in Latin. Wow. Um, and it was known as kind of a cure-all mm-hmm. herb in medieval times, especially. Um, there was actually an Italian proverb that said, why, um, why should a man die while sage grows in his garden? Hmm. Um, and that came largely from... Um, Nope, that's further in my notes, and I'm not going to go digging for it. We'll get there. Um, so sage came with similar beliefs as rosemary, as in they said if sage flourished in the garden, then the woman ruled the home. And um, there were also sayings that pointed towards that the condition of sage grown in the garden depended on how well the business of the home did. So I do need to go get some of that sage. <laughs> Maybe not. I might die. I don't know. Might not do too well. Um, ancient Romans believed sage was a holy herb. Mm-hmm. Uh, they believed it was sacred to their Roman god, Jove, or Jupiter, uh, which is their equivalent to Zeus mm-hmm. in Greek mythology. Um, so so they believed sage was the sacred herb of their yeah. Which makes sense, god. because I know you're yeah. getting there, but it's a very like spiritually used yes. herb. Yes. Um. It's believed that the properties of sage, like even the medicinal properties, come from it being ruled by Jupiter. Uh, according to the ancient theory of signatures, um, which looks at like the similarities between how a plant looks mm-hmm. and like body parts, they said that salvia or sage vaguely re- like the leaves, the way they're shaped, kind of look like tongues. I can see that. And so they believe that it had the power to heal diseases of the mouth because their leaves were shaped like tongues. <laughs> Most commonly known as um, the main herb used in smudging and c- ceremonial cleansing. Um, and this is a quote. Sage makes the bad spirits sick. They go away f- from it when it is burned. It does not make the good spirits sick. They will not leave when it is smoked. Sweet grass is pleasant to all the spirits. Good spirits like it. Bad spirits like it. All like it. The smoke of sweet grass is pleasant to the good spirits. They come to the smoke. They are pleased with one who makes this smoke. They will listen to what such a one asks. But the bad spirit comes also to enjoy the smoke. So sage must be burned to make them sick. Then sweet grass to bring good spirits. Sage is used in magical workings for immortality, longevity, wisdom, protection, and the granting of wishes. 
It's believed that sage had the power to break spells, adding to the belief that it had this protective property to it um, that protected you from the evil eye and hexes. Uh, sage is actually... What? You said protected you from hexes. I'm like, oh, so Texas sage must protect you from Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sage is actually referred to as the herb of wisdom, which clearly we don't have any sage here. Um, sage is... <laughs> We're just going in right now. We're just going in. <laughs> sage is also believed to help alleviate the sorrow of the death of a loved one. Um, it said that if you write your wish on a leaf of sage and put it under your pillow, that that wish will be granted. Um, burn sage at a funeral and remembrance ceremonies to relieve the grief of mourners. Um, it's said to be unlucky to plant sage for yourself. Hmm. So you, and I, I saw one place that said that, and then I saw another that said it was like unlucky to like cut and harvest sage for yourself. Yeah. Which makes it like really tricky that you would like hire somebody to do it for you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it was also said to be unlucky to plant it by itself because sage loves company. So you don't want just one sage plant, which might be why mine died. Well, our Texas sage thrived when we planted more than one. Yeah. We had, two, well, we had three of them. I think one, so, yeah. yeah. Um. So with all that being said, what the native to north america herb that is most commonly known is white sage white sage. white sage is native to the southwestern united states and mexico mm -hmm. and is very um commonly used in shamanic and native american practices mm -hmm. but it is very picky about its native habitat. Yeah. And so it is very easily over harvested. A lot of things in that particular area mm -hmm. is because it's like a very... That's a hard ecosystem. It's, a, it's hard to yeah. replicate that. Yeah. So white sage is sacred and shamanic and Native American uh, practices. It's considered a closed practice um, due to the fact that to get it in its purest form mm -hmm. most people would wildcraft it but because it's also really hard to get to like mm -hmm. you can't just plant white sage in your yard and it grow because oh, it's yeah. a picky so people would go and wildcraft it and it was being over harvested and so these shamans and native americans that used it in their ceremonies weren't able to get it because it was being over harvested oh, yeah. by others outside of this practice um, so it is considered a closed practice. If you're going to use sage, um, like for smudging or anything like that, it's recommended to use common sage um, because white sage is a closed practice. And if you buy it commercially, it's probably illegally harvested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Interesting. So that little, I'll throw that little tidbit in there um, to please be responsible in your usage of herbs and harvesting them. Um, ancient Greeks and Romans used sage as a meat preservative. One of the main embalming ingredients um, found in Egyptian tombs. Yeah, that would make sense. Yep. Um, <laughs> like a Romans. It would make sense. Oh my gosh. That, You're full of the puns tonight, aren't that was, you? That was solid. That was solid. <laughs> Continue. Uh, traditionally used for its hormone activity. 
It aids in menstrual flow, eases hot flashes and night sweats, calms the nerves, and is even used by mothers weaning from breastfeeding as it decreases milk production. And the Egyptians also used it to increase um, or to help with infertility, hmm. to like help someone get pregnant. So you wouldn't want to use sage while you were pregnant, but because of its hormone activity, my guess is it has something to do with like it balances your hormones and mm -hmm. allows you to become pregnant. Yeah. Um, but I imagine with the fact that it was also used to help with like menstrual flow, that it has an abortifacient property yeah. to it so you wouldn't want yeah. to take it during pregnancy but then they would also use it to help in the childbirth process hmm. um, more specifically clary sage which is a different species of sage um, is very commonly used to help in like labor pains um, and help boost contractions um, in labor like it was one of those that i made like this is way back when before i even got into herbs when i was getting into um, essential oils a little bit and went to the hospital with my, my best friend when she was mm -hmm. having my godchildren. We used clary sage to help with her labor pains and stuff. Hmm. But you wouldn't want to use it during pregnancy. And then you wouldn't want to use it while breastfeeding because it's going to be one yeah. of those herbs that's helped help dry your milk. Um, so caution during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Sage is one of the 16 herbs used by monks in the Middle Ages. Uh, Pliny the Elder wrote about sage in his encyclopedia. I love his name. I, know, I, was just I love every time I find him. Um, so he wrote about it as being a diuretic, an aid in ulcers, an herb which helped stop er wounds, bleeding, um, and a remedy for sore throats. Druids made a healing beer with sage as its secret ingredient. Hmm. Uh, sage grew abundantly in France, and so it was a popular tea. For the mm -hmm. French, um, and its benefits became so widely known that the Chinese um, traded their tea for French tea, or for French sage tea. Yeah. Um, in 812 AD, I'm sorry, my brain just all of a sudden had a really hard time. It kept wanting to say 1812, <laughs> but like 812 was in fact a year, and that just my brain had a hard time wrapping around that. In 812 AD. Charles the Great ordered sage to be planted in all medicinal gardens. Hmm. Can you imagine that? Like, that's so backwards from how like our rulers are today. What's a medicinal garden? Right, exactly. That's illegal. Like you <laughs> have to plant this herb in your medicinal garden. Like yeah. for your health, plant this herb at your house. Like that would not be yeah. what our government did. Don't get me started at on all. that right now. No, it's a bad week for that. Uh, also traditionally used to support digestion especially rich fatty meats, which may explain why it's a common herb used in red meats and in sausage. Hmm. So while its um, preservative function is part of why it's in sausage, its ability to help us digest the fats yeah. in sausage is actually the main reason and that really, it's a sausage. I have a naturally lean... How many times can I say sausage? <laughs> sausage. <laughs> Freddie, would you like some sausage? <laughs> uh, it seems like the more... I'm going to use this word just because I like it. Um, pungent herbs um like your rosemary yeah. sage um very strong stuff um, aromatic aromatic they tend to i naturally even without knowing anything about herbs like the way i've always seasoned food smoking and grilling a lot like red meats tend to get the more coarse mm -hmm. aromatic like heavier punch things where like your yeah. lighter meat gets like the sweeter 
lighter, you know, like I don't want to honey glaze a beef roast, yeah. but you honey glaze some grilled chicken or some pork or like even with your, um, the woods that you smoke with, like I want my peppery, like hickory, even if you're going to use mesquite, like on your beef, then like your cherries and your apples with your mm-hmm, not chicken. Yeah. So I just thought Apple that was neat. That, that, it, it, and sage yeah. is used for your red meat. I mean, so it's it makes like, sense. why even leave it to me to go back to the alcohol? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just getting started. Wines that way too. Like you have certain dishes yeah. and certain meats, especially are better paired with red wines mm-hmm. and a certain meats like fish and chicken paired with your white wines mm-hmm. so yeah all food and stuff tends to work that way and yeah. herbs are no different and it's something that oddly enough like we just it's like nature we, was made we naturally that way. we naturally naturally know that yeah but then when you dig into it there's actual scientific reasons for it. it's just neat yeah. it's neat and i think a lot of like this folklore and the magic aspect of these herbs is really just based in misunderstood, like yeah, not like just, not understood, not in a bad way. Ignorance, like yeah, just like, it was more than what they knew. Yeah, so, like keeping like these are cultures that the evil eye was how you got sick, mm-hmm. and so by keeping away the evil eye was also just this culture's way of not becoming sick. So these herbs that were considered protective herbs, rosemary, sage. Um, elder preventative herbs were preventative herbs yeah. that were highly antimicrobial that yeah. were insect repellent um hey i'm eating these and i'm and, not getting sick as much so obviously it's protecting me from yeah so the this thing. was back in an age where they didn't understand the science of germs and and illnesses everything was had a mm-hmm. spiritual aspect to it um and i think that's where that's that connection that we've just not made yet yeah. In this quote, magic and science, yeah. there's a gap well, like, there, I but there's back, it's connected. And in one sure. of our personal conversations, I think I, I drew it back to Thor, um, in Avengers when they were talking about Asgard and how mm-hmm. Asgard is full of magic, and Thor's like, it's not magic, it's just science. This is our technology, yeah. yeah this just, is yeah normal, where we've advanced normal to. science. Yeah. So yeah. I really believe that the things that we would consider magic is just. Imagine me. Science t- we don't yet understand. If I took my iPhone 13 back to even 1950. Yeah. Like, I would blow some folks' minds. Yeah. You know? Or like you think of magnets still blow my mind. <laughs> like, the science behind magnets. These things that just can't help but be attached to yeah. each other. And our entire planet is one of those. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. There's just there's so much to it. We could go so deep. That's a whole episode on itself. But that's just that's why I like kind of dipping into these, um, the lore. these old the yeah. old lore from it, where they were like, oh, if you planted an elder tree in your backyard by your kitchen, and the leaves repel <laughs> flies, but it repels evil and negative energy from your house. Yeah, because flies are because... evil. And <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway. I mean, because you got to think, you, you associate flies with like yeah. dead, dead things. And... Well, yeah, and you, out by your kitchen, that's where your food is. And yeah. so you don't want all that crap by your food. Yeah. So you plant this tree that's going to repel these insects from your food. Yeah. That makes Between plenty the, of sense. Right now, our backyard is full of um, pawpaws, beautyberry, and, <laughs> and elderberry. And elderberry, yeah. <laughs> we should be set. Uh, put some in the front yard because that's where all our flies yeah, are right now. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. All right, so let's dive into the science-y stuff. Let's do it. The Recent- magic. 
Research in the UK supports that the traditional use of sage for memory enhancement. Um, a 2008 study in healthy people in their 70s, like I think the average age of this um, study was 73, um, showed a significant improvement in memory processing and attention accuracy after, after just a single dose of sage extract. A 2006 study found sage throat spray relieved throat pain. I could really use some of that right now. I don't know how I don't have any sage aside from the little bitty powdered sage that's oh, yeah. in my kitchen cabinet, but there's no sage in this office. Huh. Um, and I don't know how that's happened. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I did try to grow sage. Oh, yeah. It did well, not yeah. go well. Oh, yeah. Um, I could, my throat hurts, but my throat hurts because I had a day full of football yesterday and I have screamed a lot, so... And yesterday was the Alabama-Tennessee game, so I screamed a lot. Um, I found many recipes for throat spray, and a lot of them combined sage, echinacea, and honey. That sounds marvelous. It does sound marvelous, and it makes sense why it would work. But a lot of the studies found it was like almost instant, the pain relief from the sage hmm. on a sore throat. A 2011 study in Switzerland researched sage use... Of I'm sorry, my mouth feels really weird, and the words were not coming out right. Let me start that over again. Let's do it. 2000, a 2011 study in Switzerland researched sage um, in menopause with women reporting a 64% reduction in night sweats and hot flashes. Wow. Yeah. Um, after two months of sage supplements. A stu another um, clinical trial in 2011 concluded that, quote, sage may be effective and safe in the treatment of hyperlipidemia, which mm. is high cholesterol, basically. Yeah. Um, so the constituents that might aid in all these uh, studies, it has 1% to 2% essential oil. Wow. Which is comparative to yeah. rosemary. Um, diterpenes, triterpenes, phenolic acids, and the key phenolic acid is rosemarinic acid, huh. which is named so because it was first isolated from yeah. rosemary. Um, but so it has that same acid, mm -hmm. which is the compound that gives rosemary and likely sage its memory enhancement oh, yeah. capability. Um, and of course it's got tannins, which is going to give it that astringent quality. And that's what gives it like that, um... It pairs well with wines. Mm -hmm. It's what gives your like meats a, that preservative say quality. Bitterness. Like, yeah. Not bitter as in like mouth turning, but just there's a, a yeah. bitterness to it. I have to say that if I think of any herb that just in my head pairs well, and now I'm not a big white wine person. I like red wines. Mm -hmm. But if I were to start pairing herbs with wines, I would say like a good red, like a Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. and sage that just makes so much sense in my head like oh, those yeah. two things together it probably does there's probably some wine connoisseur out there just like <laughs> screaming at their radio right now you think we have wine connoisseurs <laughs> listening to native trees in a bag no of that's a fair point maybe we do no you never know. no you're right um so the actions of sage it's very antiseptic and antimicrobial um it's astringent antioxidant anti-catarrhal which is that Mm -hmm. anti-mucus basically um it's a nerve tonic uh estrogenic which is the hormone activity it's high in vitamin k and iron <laughs> so the leaves are the most valuable medicinal and culinary uses of sage um 
everybody uses yeah. the leaves. Now that's even what's used. It's very easy to dry. It holds its shape very well. So it's wound in bundles and that's what people use for smudging and smoke mm-hmm. cleansing. <clears throat> Fresh leaves can be used as first aid remedies for bites and stings. Uh, tincture would be a good option um, if you were using it as a digestive aid. So it's a good digestive tonic as well. A compress made by soaking a cotton pad or towel or whatever in sage tea or sage infusion would make a good um, wound compress that would help. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, the Chinese sage is actually the best for um, like promoting circulation. I can't remember the name of it, but the it's Chinese for oh, yeah. Chinese sage. Um and so it does have this quality that increases circulation. And then you add that it's antimicrobial and, ha- you know, astringent and all this stuff. It aids in wound healing, provides pain relief, prevents infection. Hmm. So it would be a good wound uh, compress. The essential oil of sage um, is also, again, like I said, good at boosting circulation. So you add that with rosemary essential oil which is also good at circulation and was highly used on like the scalp to promote the hair growth. Hmm. And so those two work in good combination, sage and rosemary for and it was, hair growth. Yeah. And it was a uh, yucca that also yes. is great for shampoo anyway, because yeah. Um, so you add those three together and yeah. you have a great shampoo noted. Yeah. And then we also went through, not only is rosemary like lice repelling, mm-hmm. but it's also, um, Antifungal, which I know leads to a lot of hair trouble. Like Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when you're losing a bunch of hair, it's because there's an overgrowth of yeast. Um, A tea or infusion of the leaves can be gargled up to three times a day for sore throats or drank nightly for hot flashes and night sweats. Um, and that is how sage can be used to cleanse both your physical and spiritual health this Halloween. Nice. Now I just need to... Okay, so... And I'm thinking, we're about done with the first greenhouse, which is the first iteration, which mm-hmm. is all about surviving this winter. Yes. <laughs> um, but eventually, I would love to have a greenhouse of for you for just herbs. Oh, that would like be amazing. Like a big herb house. Oh, that's a dream. Yeah, so that's... That'll probably be the next one I build. Yeah. Will be just for herbs because I would love to just have a greenhouse full of yeah. nice, lush. Oh, that herbs. sounds so magical. I know, right? Just walk in there. I could just sit in. I need to imagine bench. what it would smell like. Yeah. Especially after you like harvest it. I want a bench it. in there where I can just sit and drink my oh, tea, yeah. made fresh out of my yeah. herb house. Dang right. That sounds so magical. That's, that's the best idea you've ever had. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about it. And it'll probably be the next greenhouse project once we get this one wrapped up. Um, because I like the situation of this one. And I, I would rather have a bunch of small ones like that, like a few, mm-hmm. rather than one big one. Because then you can have like, you know, your, your fruits and then yeah. your herbs. And then it could be really... And then you could also position them and shade them depending on what you're growing in it. So, Anywho, that's very cool. Yeah. Now I'm craving sausage. What was that you just said? What's that song? What's his name? Freddie, would you like some sausage? Yeah. <coughs> Apparently not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, do you think that you can guess 
what your boy is going to talk about a little bit tonight. Is it fruit bearing? Kind of. Yes. There are berries on it. I'll clarify more later. It is berry bearing. <laughs> is it juniper? Yeah. Oh. Uh, actually, actually, and I that probably gave it away because they're not actually berries. That's why. No, I, was, I really did think they yeah. were, but it's the way you said berries on it. The only treat like. That is exactly how I would describe berries on yeah. a juniper tree. They don't grow in bundles like on an elderberry yeah, it, or something like that. They're literally just randomly yeah. on <laughs> the, here, here, the fir here. needles. And this is going to show our inexpertise um, of the things. Oh, like the whole podcast doesn't? <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so I'm actually not talking. I'm More specifically, I'm talking about one of my favorite trees. So not juniper? The eastern red cedar. Okay. Which is we what we have a bunch of around here. Uh-huh. It's not a cedar tree. It's a juniper tree. They're what all, is that down there that you have flagged? It's a juniper tree. It's all oh. eastern red cedar. They're all juniper trees. There is no true cedars native to North America. They're all juniperus virginiana. Oh. They're all juniper trees. So wait, your favorite tree isn't even yeah. a, so your favorite tree. No, 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 no. no I'm so confused. I know, right? All of the cedars around here uh -huh. that I love are juniper trees, but they don't make berries. Yeah, they do. The only the females make berries, so a lot of them might oh. be male. Um, and they are dioecious, so it does take pollination and stuff to happen. Um, but yes, they're all juniper trees. And you just have to find the ones that make berries. And they don't make berries at all until they're... But they're also called a red cedar? The The name is Eastern Red Cedar because it was named by people that came over... And thought it was a cedar and, tree? Yeah. So there's not a native cedar tree? No. And that's your favorite tree? The only... But it's not actually my favorite tree because my favorite tree is the Eastern Red Cedar. Or one of them, the smell anyway, and the wood. Right. That's, yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. It's just like, a juniper tree. You absolutely like, obsessed with the smell of them. Okay, its name but is... But turns out it's not a cedar. Its name is Eastern Red Cedar, mm -hmm. but it is not a cedar because all your cedars are in like the Mediterranean. My head is spinning. I'm I know. Sorry. Right? <laughs> and so my favorite scent and wood from a tree... Is actually a juniper. Is a juniper tree. Oh, that's which is, so cool. Which is in the cypress family. And now that I did yeah. did know. So which makes sense because of Because cypress I thought tree. that's where you were going. Yeah, a when cypress you, tree. When like, you said that you weren't actually talking about a juniper and I was like, I, oh, was, actually, it, I was trying to think how I to thought it, it was cypress. When you when you couldn't make up your mind if you wanted to say if it was fruit bearing or not or not, I was like, he's talking about a cypress tree. No, but you can see but how it's confusing to answer these questions. I know. <laughs> so yeah. it is a cedar, but it is not a cedar. It is named after a cedar tree. Because of its commonality with cedars. But the eastern red cedar is not, in fact, a cedar at all. And so the, like, the white man European. Yeah, basically. It, it was very... Ignorant shows yet yeah, again. Yeah, they, di they didn't know, um, really, that it was... I mean, you find that out when you can do... Get into the in science stuff, science, yeah. Scientific stuff. But, yeah, they named it cedar because it, the juniper does share a lot of characteristics with mm -hmm. a, a, a true cedar. Um, so they yeah, named it Eastern Red Cedar, but it's actually... There's some really large ones in Landmark Park. Yes. That do make berries. Yes. And that's what they don't um, start producing berries. First of all, it has to be female. 
Mm-hmm. And second, they don't start producing them until they're fully like 10, 15 years old. Wow. Um, so most of the ones you see around here aren't that old because they're grown up in mm-hmm. the pasture and they're God, probably... How old do you reckon that little bitty one back there is? It wasn't there last year. <coughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we uh, we, we cleaned all that up yeah. at the end of last year. So that's uh, this year. No, it's so killing tiny. Yeah, I know. I know. So, yeah, let me pull my notes up here. Yeah, do that. Uh, they're on my computer this Look week. Look at me guessing your thing. Though. Ah, that was, that was solid. And I knew Thank my you. hesitancy was going to give it away. Yeah. I was going to let you, uh, this was going to be my last hint. Are you drinking gin? <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking gin. <laughs> I love gin so much. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so good. So and that's good. Actually, is that the elderflower? It's the purple one. It's the purple one. Is that? It's which? just Empress Gin. Okay, Empress Gin. Sweet. Yeah. I think it's made with some um, butterfly pea. Nice. It gives it that blue color that lets it change. It's very pretty. Acidi- Even yeah. Caroline was like, "That's beautiful." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you "It really is." You should have dropped some. What you need to do is pour it in a glass, and then drop some lemon juice in it. it yeah. Well, pink. I I was trying to hide it because if you saw it, I knew you were going to guess what I was talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So Empress Gin in 1908 is a purple gin and if i'd have to look at the label but the only thing that really does it is butterfly pea yeah um gives it that blue clitoria purple color call it by a scientific name and um (laughs) it also will change color based on acidity Mm -hmm. so if you add a really like if you're mixing this drink if you want to float i love mixing like a, a lemony Mm-hmm. drink together and then floating the purple empress gin on yeah. top and where the float touches this lemony drink it starts to turn yeah. into this pink ombre it's so pretty and it's so tasty it's my favorite gin yeah it's also really because good. my favorite color is purple but it's it really is good. very delicious gin yeah. okay all right now the i e- need a gin drink <laughs> eastern red cedar juniperus virginiana um, despite its name, as I said, it is not technically scientifically a cedar tree. It is a juniper tree and it's in the cypress family. It is an evergreen tree and it is, it's an evergreen coniferous tree. Those are my favorites. Yeah. I mean, they're green all the time. Yeah. They and smell actually, good. And the berry, I've been actually looking for one, the older ones I've been checking for berries because you won't see the berries be ready to go until like on into winter. Like yeah. it was, it was harvested mainly during the winter months. Oh, now I know why you said it was going to be a two-parter because I'm already thinking. I know that's what I'm saying. This I is, want to say you about get to a go into all of your sciencey stuff. <sighs> yeah, excited. Um, we should have just partnered up on this one. We this would have been like have, one long episode because I'm going to have a really hard time not interjecting what I know and I no, that's what I'll, that's yet. what you're here for. Just interject and then we'll <laughs> just know we're going to pick back up on it at I'm some excited. point. I'm excited. I really do need a gin drink now, though. Um, and what you get is um, as far as it's basic basic characteristics is on poor soil um like when you see them come up on old pastures or in like very clay banks and stuff they're very shrubby mm-hmm. um but um and when they're healthy and happy they can reach heights of 60 feet even up to 90 feet wow and so it, those huge trees up uh-huh. at big big's produce stand yeah those are all there's your juniper trees yeah what with the trunks like this yeah yeah wow yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. They are male and female, which um, they're dioecious, which means that they do have to have each other um, to make babies. Aw, yeah. am I dioecious? <laughs> you're, yes. I have you, to have you. You're dioecious. Just, just edit that out. Yeah. I don't no, know No, I'm leaving that. There. Um, they produce a 
blue berry-like seed pod, um, commonly called berries, which was my hesitancy on answering right. fruit berry. Like, it is a berry. Like, I mean, isn't that just what a berry is, is a seed pod? Well, it's not the fruit, uh, kind of. Um, I mean, yeah. technically. Technically. And is an, it is an extremely important source of winter food for much wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, birds love it. In fact, there is one bird called a cedar waxwing. Oh. That, I mean, it's hand in hand with the cedar tree. And I I'm doing quotations. Yeah, finger quotes now. Can't um, look at it the same now. I mean, it is a ce- the name of it's cedar, so you can still call it a cedar. Yeah. It's just not truly a cedar. <sighs> it hurts my head I so know. much. Um, they prefer. They obviously provide great shelter for wildlife. Mm-hmm. The big bushy ones. Oh, I love like, the big bushy ones. So much like the stuff. ones at Landmark. Those and are I was, just. As I, was I walking, just want to. I want to crawl and live in it. And I would like to do this this year. I don't know if you're on crawl board. and live in on Jupiter Tree. Yes, Juniper. That, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm up for it. We uh, might not have much in common between me talking about Sage and him talking about Juniper, except that I apparently want to call it Jupiter, and Sage <laughs> is ruled by Jupiter, so that <sighs> might be the only commonality yeah. we have. No, tonight. my dad was telling me as we was walking through the woods the other day, like they used to didn't get Christmas trees. Like him and Lauren would go down to the woods and pick out a cedar tree and just cut it down. And he said it was never as pretty as what you mm-hmm. would buy, but it was like more yeah sentimental. So. Yeah, there's and something I, I really special there's about down that. There, so that thing that'd be fun. Oh, do with the kids. that would be fun. Yeah, um, the oldest tree reported, which was in Missouri, um, was 795 years old. Wow. Yeah, but they're they're known regularly, normally to live. I mean, two, three hundred years. I mean, so they're like they're pretty hardy. 700 years ago, that was almost 800. So 795 years, and that was recorded the 1300s. That's so bizarre. Yeah, like just the old indigenous was here. Like, That's awesome. That was it. I'm enjoying their juniper trees. Um, landscaping uses, as I'll usually touch on first, it is very tolerant of most soil types, though this will affect their growth. As I said, the poor soil tends to produce um, shrubby trees, but healthy soil will result in around two foot per year of growth, and wow. which is about that first year down there. Yeah. Because it's had... That's healthy. That's it's healthy very healthy. Right it's had fire, and that's when it come up. And so about two foot is about what we've got in the past year. Yeah. So that makes sense there. Um, and what I would like to utilize them for, they are very very wind resistant mm-hmm. um so you, they're great for wind breaks and Ooh. a lot of people out west um between fields uh-huh. will put in juniper or cedar wind breaks yeah we fields. need that around here. I, especially from the north wind yeah so if if you want to utilize this in permaculture landscaping whatever if you had a wind break of cedar trees to block a north wind and then on the south side of that line plant your citrus trees that would be like ideal that's what we need because we yeah. don't have a good place to put we our don't. cedar trees where they're protected from the north wind. Yep. Um, to the cons. Did I say cedar trees? I meant fruit trees. Yeah. To the cons. And this is one that's going to be touchy for a lot of your, even, you know, my area folks that's in the conservation land management, stuff like that, is they are potentially aggressive, mm-hmm. um, especially in prairie land, like grasslands, which is why you typically see them on fence rows and in old pastures that yeah. people let go, you see a bunch of cedars pop up. Like down in the woods where there's a ton of cedar that I'm actually about to harvest some of to saw up for lumber. Um, that used to be pasture land on the other side of those trees. So th- that was the f- they're the first things to come up when you let a pasture go, huh. typically. 
Um, which, if you're wanting that grassland to flourish as a grassland, yeah, they could they could present yeah. um, some aggression there that you must carefully manage, or they will overtake a proper uh, overtake your property. Um, especially, like I said, grasslands and fence rows. Fence rows is like the spot to find yes. your cedar trees. We have a lot of those around here. Like, yes. I mean, you've cleaned up a lot of them. but yeah. And it is something that they, they're so prolific and so aggressive. And they're so useful when it comes to their wood and the, the oils in the wood as far as like insect repellent. We're, I'll put in a plug in just a second. So when but, you go and you get like a cedar chest or like... It's to keep bugs and stuff out of your stuff. That wasn't where I was going with that, but that's good information. Yeah, that is good um, information. Is that an actual cedar tree, or is that this eastern red no, cedar No, it's going to be eastern red cedar. Okay. If it was like an heirloom chest or something made here. Is, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's how if you go to the store smell, and you get cedar wood. Yeah, that smell that you like mm -hmm. is the juniper tree. Okay. Yeah, that's the very... I like that's it. That's so, just... Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I don't want to ever cover color a cedar tree now. And one thing, as far as when it goes to the fruit trees, um, it does host a disease called cedar apple rust. Mm. Which, as you can see, they share a apple trees and cedar trees share a pathogen. Oddly enough, that if That's you interesting. if you have your cedar trees too close to your apple trees, they will both get this disease. Um, oddly enough. So it's recommended that if you have an apple orchard and you're wanting to utilize cedar in some way, plant them at least minimum 500 feet away from your apple trees. Um, so just throwing that in there, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, going to the uses here and I'll dive into this one first because I just touched on it some and I don't think I go back into it any is it's insect repelling properties. And I yeah. will put in this, I had, I've interacted with someone on TikTok, um, a company called Cedarside. Cedar, C-I-D-E. Cedarside. Oh. Yeah, and I follow them now on Facebook. I've talked with them some on TikTok, follow them on Instagram. And they make an all-natural insect repellent, like granules for your yard, spray for your house, everything based around cedar, and it's all natural. So that's why it was so common to have like cedar homes. Yeah, that's why you have a lot of people still, even if your whole home wasn't cedar, a cedar closet. Yeah. And cedar chests was so insect mm -hmm. repelling. Um, that My you, parents have a cedar chest and it yeah. smells so good. That, every time I walk through the woods, I break off an old dead mm -hmm. limb, a lower limb from the cedar, a small one, just walk around and smell it. <laughs> Like it's so weirdo. It's so magnificent. God, if I could just ingrain that smell into my nose at all times, <laughs> I would live a happy life. I would definitely live a happy life. I think I have cedar essential oil now. You do. I use anytime I use the little steam mop thing we had, uh -huh. and you put this. I would always put cedar oil in it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wait, no, I haven't used that here. Not here. No, I'm talking about the, the cedar wood. Yeah. Essential oil. Yeah. 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 It's good very stuff. Very good. Um, it's very restful. Very calming. Yeah, it, good it for makes me happy. Good for promoting sleep. Makes me happy for sure. And you just imagine like building a, a little off-grid cabin out of cedar. And then you just like lay down at night and it just smells like cedar. Mm. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why you drink your, drink your gin? Uh, yeah, you can share with me. Um, so folk uh, slash indigenous uses... These first recommended as far as eating. Um, can you eat that? Yes, you can eat the berries. 
they are not for eating by the handful. They are very potent, mm -hmm. like very strong um, because they're not actually like berries as we like. You wouldn't compare them to blueberries. Like right. Blueberries, you eat a bunch. Juniper berries, not so much. Um, since they aren't actually berries, they are quite powerful and best used and historically used by indigenous people, as noted in your book, as spice in low doses. Like for spicing up your wild game or using Like an it. allspice berry. Yes. Like you would, you would grind it up yeah. and use it as a spice in your food yeah. more so than eating the berry itself. That would probably not be... No, like we don't eat allspice berries. The, the whole berry itself is dried yeah, yeah. to be ground up as That's a spice. That's what they would do. They That's... would dry their juniper berries and then grind yeah. them up and use them. In oh. their dishes, which I, that's why I've been looking for some yeah. <laughs> juniper berries around. Um, Excuse me. I'll edit that out, maybe. <laughs> juniper has been used in multiple traditions, um, Western and a couple others, as a blood tonic and a blood purifier. In folk herbalism, it was considered a fall tonic plant, which makes sense because you're going to start getting mm -hmm. the berries in the fall. Um, to complement dandelion and other spring tonics and will be used to support the kidneys and clear and thicken the blood, which makes sense oh. going into the winter months, yeah. into the cold where you're living outside without a heater in the house, mm -hmm. that you would utilize herbs and spices that would thicken your blood to help you and stay warmer yeah. um, during the winter. Um, and, and, your, yeah, and your spring stuff, like the dandelion it talks about, mm -hmm. that would be a blood thinner um, would prepare you for summer to keep cooler. Mm -hmm. It just makes too much sense. <laughs> makes too much sense. People were, they might have believed in magic, but man, they were smarter than we are. <laughs> like they didn't, under, they didn't understand everything, but uh, they knew what was up. Um, look at here. Uh, juniper as a fall tonic plant, along with sassafras, um, helps prepare us for the cold of winter. Most of the fall tonics are warming mm -hmm. and are said to thicken the blood. Look at um, you using energy. So that you will stay warm and healthy during the winter. Translating that folk wisdom into modern herbal practice, we know that juniper has a diuretic action on the kidneys, meaning that it helps flush the kidneys through urine production. Stagnation is one of the worst things you can have in terms of the body, and keeping the kidneys moving and healthy is key to a healthy elimination system. And juniper is a wonderful complement to that system, along with a number of other herbs, such as dandelion leaf and nettle. That sounded yeah. very Brittany-y, didn't it? It did. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do an episode on it now? Yeah, I know. You've done it all. <laughs> juniper also, this is, it's, it, I love this tree. Um, juniper also has strong anti-inflammatory action with at least three specific chemical constituents that help reduce inflammation in the body. And is often taken for this purpose. And I got a lot of this from the Druid's Garden mm -hmm. um, website that covers every freaking aspect of everything. I don't everything. think I've come across that. Yeah, I know. It's great. Actually, you know, I might have. That is starting to sound familiar. Yeah, the Druid's Garden. I'll have to look it up. I do think I've come across it now in something. Um, one of the most, the most utilized and probably the most helpful way to utilize juniper, um, in addition to it being a spice for your food, is obviously a, a tea mm -hmm. made with the berries. Um, it's probably going to be the best way to introduce mm, it into your system. Tea. So it'd be like a gin without the alcohol. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm getting my juniper berries right now. It's just got a kick. Um, let me see. I think 
I copied, I made, let me see right here, where am I at? Um, from a website called The Outdoor Apothecary is where I got this. And this was interesting, so much so that I highlighted it, so it has to be interesting, right? Mm -hmm. um, the University of Connecticut recently did a study on natural remedies and herbs that fight off the flu. And by taking ginseng, juniper, and ginger at least three times a week, you can cut your chances of getting the flu by 65%. Wow. Yeah. Add in some elderberry there. Yeah. Got yourself quite a tonic. Yep, yep. And your sweet gum. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, juniper berries contain an antiviral compound that is a really big word. Uh, I'm going to try this. I mean, we're here. Deoxypodophilotoxin. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this antiviral compound found in juniper berries can be helpful for upper respiratory tract infections, um, which would make sense with that it purges um, uh -huh. kidneys and it helps with urine flow. Yeah. Um, that it helps with UTIs. Um, as well as colds and flu. Um, you can The best way to introduce this again is going to be through a tea, just steeping in hot mm -hmm. water and drinking you some juice. I think I knew tea. that. I think when I was, um, again, dealing with my raging UTI several months ago, um, I think I remember finding yeah. juniper yeah, as, drink some gin, as one baby. of those. And I was like, I don't have any <laughs> juniper. Um, yeah, I'll just drink some gin to get rid of yeah. my UTI. So we're going to throw in some cranberry juice with it. Yeah. We are going to find some juniper berries. There's somewhere. We got That's so fine. many of these trees around here. Yeah. I want to go check in front of our old house, the big one that was up on the fence road. I don't, I used to harvest uh, branches from it for Christmas. Yeah, but maybe it wasn't old enough. I don't know. There's a lot to check. I'm yeah. going to find some juniper berries. <laughs> um, it is also, also, along with all those cool things, um, great for stomach issues. It increases bile and digestive juices by increasing glandular function. Um, diabetes prevention. There are actual studies to confirm this, um, that it regulates blood sugar levels. Oh. Yeah. Treatment for gout, treatment for, obviously, kidney stones, um, and then again, UTIs. So, juniper is a pretty pretty useful it's little... It's a well-rounded... From the wood being absolutely beautiful. Like, so you get... What you get with juniper? When it dries, the eastern red cedar in particular... When it dries, that heartwood like mm -hmm. turns that deep red mm -hmm. color. That's then you get so that. Pretty. Then the bark, like if you, man, it's such a beautiful wood. It's insect repelling wood. It's the the green. The leaves smell freaking delicious, like Christmas time. And they stay. They yeah. So fresh looking through most yep. of the holiday season. That's why I would go get those instead of like pine or something. Is because they stayed they stay that way. stayed green and fresh yeah. and didn't like dry and fall apart. And then the berries are extremely medicinal. Mm -hmm. It's just a great and all. You can make liquor with it. And you you can absolutely without a doubt um, make liquor with it. And I think I have more notes yeah. on that. Somewhere this is down here. essentially just juniper berry tincture. Yeah, that I'm sipping on, and, and it's fantastic. Historically. Yeah, historically overseas they they did it in different ways, but here in America, um, it's pretty. It was a pretty popular Appalachian drink made out of you know corn mm -hmm. whiskey. Um, yeah. So. Because all gin is is it's not like I used to think, you know, like you get vodka from potatoes, whiskey yeah. from corn. Um, gin isn't. We all know gin is. Yeah, they're juniper, not distilled. Right. In the it's distilling just process. grain alcohol. Mm -hmm. infused with flavored juniper. with yeah juniper and berries. you have to have the juniper yeah part of it for it to be considered gin but when i think of that that just sounds like a tincture to me like a tincture yeah. is your herb 
infused in a grain alcohol. Yep. And so that's just really cool to me. Yep, yep, yep. And I had a lot of, uh, I thought I had made a lot of notes on actual the process and history of gin. I remember reading a lot about the history of gin, so I'm much more knowledgeable on gin than I was, but I didn't put a lot of it in my notes, so we'll definitely just... Wasn't that the main um, spirit sold at that at the chemist? Yeah, that was, in... like, they were based on gin. Yeah, it was a woman-owned um, distillery. Mm-hmm that specialized in gin like they have several like four different types of gin yeah but it the company came from back during the prohibition era where these pharmacists got together and legally prescribed uh medicinal quote juniper tinctures (laughs) and they're still around as a way to get around the whole prohibition prohibition by quote prescribing alcohol yeah and yeah, and they're still standing in Asheville, North Carolina yes. to this day. It's a wonderful place. Yep. I want to go back there. We have um, we still have some of their gin too. Yeah. Magic mythology and meanings. Ooh, yeah. look at you doing the lore. Well, we we had to. It's Halloween. Yeah. You know, so this is kind of why I picked this one. Was it, it has some lore to it. And then I got into the rest. I'm like, this is a badass dude. <laughs> um, a lot of focus on juniper revolves around fire and heat and purification because it's a warming herb yeah it's warming yeah and even makes sense naturally like in if you, i mean they thrive in fire mm-hmm. they're also they burn really good like yeah. when i think of cedar i think of fire like if you were to catch a house on fire that was made out of cedar it would go up yeah and it, so a lot of focus on fire in all of the mythology um and stuff that I come across. It is traditionally used in spells to get back property or deter theft. Deter theft. I, de- <laughs> I was deter. really having a hard time processing that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> but yeah, so used in spells to get back property or deter theft. There you which go. is pretty cool. Also, if we build our house out of cedar, nobody's going to steal it. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Plant um, some rosemary and some elder around it. We should be good to go. This is where we get some crossover. It was used historically to purify and to drive away lingering spirits. Yeah. Yeah. So cedar's very, it is really sage-like. Yeah. Like as far as its properties um, and stuff spiritually, I guess. Um, purification uses traced back to the Greeks, um, which they do have native junipers over there as well. But mm-hmm. Amer- North America's got like, there were like seven or eight different native juniper trees. Um, the eastern red cedar being the most yeah. prolific and known. Um, but the Greeks burned it um, just like you would burn sage or any mm-hmm. other purification herb. Um, and the Egyptians used it both medicinally and for embalming. Okay. Yeah. So it's very, very yeah. sagey. They mesh well together. Um, it is also connected to animal purification. This is where it gets kind of creepy for oh. Halloween. Yeah. Um, not just to clean your dog either. Like, to clean your dog before you sacrifice it. Oh, why are we sacrificing <laughs> dogs? I'm just saying. That's where we're going with this. You couldn't go with goat or sheep. You had to go with dog. I was, try- I was trying to connect the dots. <laughs> and so now we're sacrificing dogs? <laughs> um, in Scotland... <laughs> Um, in Scotland, a tradition developed of fumigating animals, barns, and homes to prevent disease. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. Um, then in A Journey of in Southern Siberia, Jeremiah Curtin describes how the Siberian shamans 
use the smoke of juniper to purify animals prior to their sacrifice. Okay. Yeah. Um. Then, let's see, there was a lot of, like, lore and stuff around this. A book specializing in lore from Italy that I'm not going to try to pronounce, um, but it was on Italian traditions. Um, from Charles Godfrey, Leyland, he describes, um, in the book, a woman has a beautiful baby and it is attacked by a cat. She believes this attack was caused by witches. Then she, the cat. then she creates a charm to protect her child, and that charm includes the protection of the juniper berry, along with the cat's hair, frankincense, cumin, salt, breadcrumbs, iron fillings, and much more. So the juniper berry was like the number one ingredient in her charm, along with the cat's hair, hmm. yeah, to protect her from the witches. Yeah. It's very Halloween-y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a North America... And she saged her house. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and her baby's crib. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a North American context, juniper, juniper, juniper has uses That's in... That's what I want to name our next daughter, juniper. Juniper. <laughs> juniper Aniston. <laughs> I, I Don't. Do, I want to do some Photoshop work there. Oh, God. <laughs> um, in a North American context, juniper has uses in folk magic, hoodoo, and brochery. Um, particularly surrounding getting back stolen property. Once mm-hmm. again, half a world removed from yeah. the other people. That That's a very it. interesting concept know, that I'm like, trying to link into science yeah, to see like, like how... How did these different indigenous groups around the world come up with the same uses for the same right. plants? Like, like medicinally, yeah, it makes sense. You right. learn, but to, to get back stolen property? Right. How does that work? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Outside maybe of, because it smells so strong, it's easy to track down. Maybe. Uh, or is that not? Is it not stolen property? As in, like the property know, isn't the cedar. It, it just keeps the bugs out. I guess it keeps the thieves out as well. Oh, yeah, interesting. I guess I don't know. Um, juniper is used in hoodoo and is interchangeable with any other cedar. Um, it is used according to this guy's hoodoo root and herb magic. When a benevolent power is needed for various activities, um, to rent one's home, to get someone to move away, or to get your love to move with you, <clears throat> to move with you, um, the same, this same kind use use of juniper can be seen in. Oh, we're on a different sentence here. Um, but juniper used in Pennsylvania Dutch folk magic um, for the same same type stuff. So. It has a lot of overlapping in different traditions and magic and mythology, which is, again, yeah, neat that in several different lineages of thinking yeah, it, that a, a lot of the same stuff overlaps yeah. there. Um, then, to wrap it up here, in some Native American legends, juniper berries are featured prominently as nutritious food important to the people. Um, this is the case with the Hopi Legend, which is a big indigenous word. I'm not going to try to read. Um, And I actually went and read this story. And it was this story. So the natives, they would pass down a lot of stories. They would Mm -hmm. use stories to tell their history and their religion. Yeah, they educated through They educated through, like... Because they didn't have a Like what you would consider, like, 
folk tales. Yeah. Um, or like I used to have the Mother Goose book with all the like little nursery. Well, it's very similar stories. to the Old Testament was passed down. Yeah, through a lot oral of, word before yeah, it was ever written. A lot of stories, and so that, and also again back to the same point is there were so many different um, tribes and clans and nations within indigenous people, and the stories differ. From mm-hmm. like which animals they use, obviously, because you know some people is going to be around bald eagles and bears and buffalo, and then other tribes are going to be around antelope and different. Mm-hmm. So, but all that said, even though the stories would differ, they would be used to tell like the same the stories same story, and yeah. traditions and stuff like that. But this one was about this rabbit and this coyote. Um, rabbits are notorious in native lore as tricksters. tricksters. Yeah, and somehow got this coyote to set its tail on fire, and then the coyote ran away and caught a bunch of stuff on fire with it, and realized his tail was on fire, and then was like betrayed by his friend or whatever. But then it brings up the use of like juniper berries in this tail. It hmm. was pretty neat. I can't remember. I should have just put the story in here, but it was yeah, a very. You have at least... It was a very complicated story. Like yeah. I'm a pretty good reader. I had a hard time wrapping my head around it like, yeah, as like I was reading it. The turn it took to including juniper berries, like I need to know <laughs> yeah, where it that was, came from. It was odd. But that said, on the point of all this, is around the world in different cultures, whether it be Native American, different Native American tribes, um, the Greeks, the Egyptians, the Scottish, um, and Hoodoo, and Pennsylvania dust magic, like most of them pretty much have an agreement on the uses of yeah. juniper berries. Which I thought was pretty neat. And then that's where I started and then ended up with freaking everything else Juniper does. And topped that with my love for them already. And I was really excited about this one. (laughs) So that said, I'm not going to go around planting a ton of Juniper trees. um, Except for the windbreak that I want. Yeah. Where are you going to put that at? I'm on this back terrace behind the house. Blocking the north wind coming from the pond. Um, it's not going to block our view, is it? Uh, I like our view. Yeah, we'll see why. We'll we'll plan it out. I haven't got it planned out yet. Okay. Haven't got it planned out yet. But that said, we do have a ton around here, and now yes. I'm just excited on finding some berries to add to your apothecary. Yes. That will be yeah. wild. I need some sage to add to my apothecary. Some wild crafted well. juniper berry tincture needs to be made <laughs> soon with some local george keel straight yeah clear liquor you want other stuff with it like most gin is not just juniper like that's you the can, base you do but your it's thing with, it with lots that. of things put I've, some lavender in I've there i figured out i have quite the knack for mixing up blends oh, yeah i don't think i've made but maybe one herbal tea blend that i didn't find that's palatable. been the beauty well you do research well anyway but then the beauty of what we're doing here on the podcast is that I feel like we're able to tie things together. Yeah. When you go week by week and have to deep dive on a lot of stuff, you're able, like even doing juniper berries, we're like, oh, this is neat how this ties into sage and how this works together. Mm-hmm. And, or even bringing up sage and rosemary and their use for your hair and for lice and then pair it with the yucca that I talked about five weeks ago. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that would make a great shampoo. It'd make a great shampoo. Yeah. So then you put it all together and it's just like... His. You throw cedar in there. You know, now that I think about it, I included... I made... I did it mainly for the smell, but um, that beard ball. Yeah. Like beard yeah. shampoo I made for everybody was cedar, rosemary, and 
You put some on my body wash too, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I still have some of the oil. Yeah. I infused oil and didn't end up using all of it. I still have some over there. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So that's cool. I'm, uh, yeah. now I'm, wish it was still daytime. I want to go gallivanting now. Yeah, but, go find us some cedars. Yeah. Juniper berry, cedars with the juniper berries. That, my head is having a really hard time with that concept. <laughs> it, okay, it's. Now, you don't have to keep explaining yeah, it to yeah. me. I, I was going to say the same thing I said. I know, but times. my, it's, it's. <laughs> the processing is, yeah. is getting hung up and saying things like, let's find a cedar tree that has juniper berries. It is a cedar due to its name. It is not a cedar scientifically. Maybe that's a good way to break it down. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. 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 I was trying to think of another example. Um, it's just it a bunch fun. of cedar confusion. Like, maybe like a peanut. What? It's not, it's not actually a nut. I guess it kind of is. I think it's closer to a pea than it is a nut. It's a legume. It's both a pea and a nut. Because it's, it's a peanut. It's both a cedar and a juniper. I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. Was... <laughs> I don't like that. We're just going to sage that right out of here. Um, yeah. So sage cool. away the cedar confusion. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that is... All I've got. That's all we got? Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, just to throw in a few few plugs, and the, the couple I mentioned, I will once again drop the link, link to thedruidsgarden.com because I have been utilizing them heavily. Um, I was just looking not just at like what you've been looking at, but just in general, I really like their website and yeah. the different links that they have. And yeah, it's, a very, it's a very broad and it's not like you just go there and learn from them. They bounce you out yes. to yeah. to all, all sorts of Just a really cool quick resources. glance, I already know I'm going yeah. to enjoy digging through their website and yeah. learning from them. So I'm definitely going to drop that link again. Um, I will drop a link, even though we're not sponsored or endorsed by them, to Cedarside. Um, because they do have some cool product that I would like to try sometime yeah. soon. I've been kind of keeping tabs with them, and I, I think they got a sale running right now, but... I'm going to be getting me some for our house yeah. to treat our bug issues and mosquitoes and stuff. Oh my gosh, yard. speaking of bug issues. <laughs> the spot, so, I hate spiders, y'all. I'm, I'm, I, mm, they, the way their legs move, it's just not right. It's not right. But anyway, I looked up from my couch yesterday and we were just on my group chat with my mom and my sister talking about. Um, a spider she caught, it looked dead, but it was just dangling in front of her ring camera mm-hmm. all night. And she got up and it was gone. Um, and then I look up and this huge house spider is on the wall above my pantry door, mm-hmm. which is where I have a bundle of vervain hanging. And like I made a whole video about like, you know, I've got to get used to bugs in the house with all my bundles of herbs and whatnot. And, um... I was talking to my mom about it today, like before supper, and she happened to walk over there and she <laughs> made a comment about how big it was. And I walked over there and of course now it's moved, it's on the bundle of vervain. Um, and then I realized that it not only had a nice little egg sac <laughs> that it was tending to, um, but there were a lot of little tiny dots all over yeah. this egg sac. And we're grandparents. Uh, I was 
was so <laughs> gross. And then my mom took this close-up picture that turned out way too perfect. It was terrifying. The picture, I think, was worse than seeing the thing in person. Oh, yeah. Like, it was absolutely horrible. And so Jared took it, and he threw it outside. We found it later, and the ants had gotten into it. And then I'm petting my dog, and I look down, and this spider... Now keep in mind, again. Jared has moved it from inside my house to outside the house. And now I'm outside and I look down and the spider is on my slipper. Oh, yeah. Poor thing. Terrifying. That spider. I'm, so, Cedar Side, you... please help. <laughs> I'm terrified of spiders. Help. We've got to stop messing with our animals, though. They come back and get us. Every time. We didn't hurt it. Yeah. It's not my fault the ants got it. I just wanted it out of my house. Yeah. I didn't want to hurt it. I just wanted it out of my house. So anyway, cedar side. I didn't want a bunch of babies. <laughs> I'll drop the link. House Y'all spiders. check them out. Uh. Uh, and obviously we've got Messy's bag of weeds that you can find on Etsy and on trees-in-weeds.com. And we will be... Etsy's um, early holiday sale is coming up. Wow. Get like 20% off. Yeah. And if you are local, um, we will be at Craft Fest at Folklore Brewing and Meadery in November. In November. Um, Looking forward to that. Yep, It'll yep. be a good time. And uh, I've already sort of what they did, but we've got logos and everything for the nursery. We've got a greenhouse almost completed for the nursery. I've got tons of elderberry, beautyberry persimmons, and all sorts of goodies that I am preparing that will be ready in the spring. I'm very excited for you uh, and your nursery. So like, I'm I'm enjoying watching that come together. Yeah. It's, it's, I wish we were bigger than what we were, but I understand you got to start. Got to start somewhere. somewhere. But. And you've got a good start. Elderberry, persimmon, beautyberry. Um, I will have tons of hydrangea started. Native hydrangea. Not some frou-frou. Mixed together, patent hydrangea. <laughs> oak leaf um, hydrangea? I've got oak leaf hydrangea seeds. And I've got... If I say that's what that's yeah. the native, yeah. Yeah. There's a few. There's a couple different um, native hydrangeas. Oak leaf is probably my favorite. Yeah. I remember running across it in the mountains. I'm like, that looks like a hydrangea, but it's got oak leaves. And it was oak leaf hydrangea. I'm like... Yeah. I wish everything that's was the, named. the that's wildflower something. of Alabama. Right? Is it? Didn't we cover that? No. No? It may be. I'm not sure. It might be, yeah. In the because Golden it, it's, Rod episode? Yes, that's right, that's right. Um, But it is more concentrated in North Alabama. Like once you get into the foothills and stuff like that is where you're going to see a lot of that. And then, well, I've got tons of um, purple cornflower seeds. I've got tons of Indian blanket seeds. Oh, no, I have even more marigold seeds, which I know those aren't native. It's yeah, I won't be selling topic. those. I'm going to plant them around my garden. <laughs> I have but. Yeah. Anyway, we got a lot going on. You can find all of it at trees-in-weeds.com. Um, you can find links to everything we mentioned in the show notes. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, other than that, I, I think that um, nature knows more than we do. We just got to learn about it. 